Hit the Annapolis Center. Do you have any test operations restricted area 2508? Aries 31, roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Aries 31. Continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra right, and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Very special show tonight. This is one of our World War II trivia contests that we have every once in a while. Uh, we have uh, quite an assemblage here to play the game. And um, we're going to be talking tonight about World War II movies, famous movies made about World War II. Uh, whoever wins tonight... It's $100 cash, and uh, hopefully they'll donate it to a good cause. Let me just introduce the members of the posse here. First of all, girls, if you're listening, the very famous Juan Juan is here. Juani. Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. Okay. Hello, Mac. Over there in England. Thanks for letting me be on the show again. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you had fish and chips? I just want to know. Actually, it's been weeks now. Weeks. Okay. You are getting, oh. the, you are getting sick content. of that place. Okay. Good. Um, also with us uh, in his bunker is uh, Agent X, uh, retired Lieutenant Tommy Holly. Yeah, that, that happened a long time ago. Also with is uh, General Tom. I hope I can say your name right. Please say it for us, General. Landwermeyer. Landwermeyer. Tom Landwermeyer, who is um, retired Colonel, uh, retired General. Sorry. Um, representing Homes for Our Troops, which is our uh, official charity here on the show. Uh, also, uh, Bill Ivey, who's the executive director of Homes for Our Troops. Thanks for joining us, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Okay. It's good to have you both on. See which side wins. So, um, and, and also, uh, our good friend Phil Orbanes is here from uh, Winning Moves, uh, the company that makes. Hi, everyone. A lot of the games that we grew up with, shoots and ladders, all the way from shoots and ladders up to different um, variations of Monopoly and uh, Scrabble. Scrabble, Boggle. Boggle, the works. Okay. How's that new, um, um, the combination that you had, which was Scrabble? Oh, Monopoly, Scrabble. It's doing very fine. It's, it's ingenious. It works beautifully, and it's uh, our best new product. Yeah, Monopoly and Scrabble put together. Combined. Crazy. Together. Yeah. And it wow. plays fast. Also with us is uh, super literary agent Jim Frankel. Jim, how you doing? Thank you. Okay, I'm good. He he looks he looks just like Jerry Remy, doesn't he? Look at him. He, he does. Jerry Remy. Yes. Really? Yeah. Jerry Remy passed away about two years ago. Anyway, Jim, he's still alive. dead. He just like you look like Jerry Remy when he was alive. When he was alive. That's, we good. To say that. okay. That's a relief, guys. Let's clarify that. 
I'm glad to know. And then in the thanks st- for the correction, one one. <laughs> and then in the studio with us is uh, you bet. I think those mirror shades are cheaters. In the in the studio with us is the very yeah. lovely Lois Lane here. I'm going to be hosting tonight. Lois, thanks for joining us. Hi everybody, it's nice to be here. So what hey, we Lori. have is um, we we are uh, going to talk about four movies tonight. We have four questions for each movie, and um, you know they're more historical questions. Uh, but also questions that have to do with the movie. Excuse me, what? Nothing. Hey, Eric, okay. Uh, they, uh, they're historical questions, but they also have to do with the movie. Um, I was able to watch all four movies. I was amazed that I was able to do it. But talk about different movies and different eras. I think we picked some pretty good ones. So why don't we start, okay? Why don't we give ourselves a round of applause first? <laughs> Which we will sweeten up in post, believe me. Okay. Gotta take off the shades. Before we start the game, just gonna throw it to General Tom and just tell us about Holmesrod Troops. So uh, a lot of our regular listeners know about it, but please uh, just um, refresh our memories. Let's say. Sure, well, appreciate it, Mac. As always, great to be with you guys uh, in Military X Files. Holmesrod Troops is a national charity located just south of Boston in Taunton, Massachusetts. We've been around since 2004. And our mission is to build specially adapted custom homes across the country. And then we donate them to the most severely injured post 9-11 veterans to enable them to rebuild their lives. Uh, Since 2004, we've now built and donated 370 specially adapted custom homes in 45 states. We got another 77 projects currently underway. Uh, Another 100 veterans in the application process. And on top of all that, there's still about another 1,000 more of these severely injured veterans that would qualify for our program. We average generally about 25 homes on the ground a year, so you can do that quick math. Amazing. And I know that we got a lot of work to do. And one of the ways we're doing it, uh, we're publicly funded 100%. 65% comes from individual donations, grants, foundations, independent fundraisers. Other 35% comes from corporate partners in the way of uh, both materials for the homes and also cash. And today is a National Day of Giving called Giving Tuesday around the world. And uh, we had a goal coming into the day of raising a million dollars. And our board and a couple of our uh, corporate partners also pitched in and came up with a million dollar match. So we're trying to make it all the way for a $2 million day. All donations can double their impact with that board match. Wow, that's excellent. That's That's cool. Tremendous. So I hope that everyone listening tonight, you know, just goes to Google Homes for Our Troops and um, just see how you can donate. Um, They're a very worthwhile cause. And, um, you know, they're our our official charity, great people. We'd love to be uh, partnered with you guys. And um, so, well, thanks very much, and we should start the game, right? Yeah, ready to go. Okay, so here we go. We're going to, we, the uh, four movies we're dealing with tonight are um, 30 Seconds Over Tokyo, The Longest Day, Patton, and Saving Private Ryan. Okay, so we'll start off with uh, 30 Seconds Over Tokyo. <clears throat> I've never done this, read it off a laptop before. But, uh, anyway, uh, 30 Seconds Over Tokyo was made in 1944. Uh, it was a pr- film produced by MGM. The screenplay was written by blacklisted Dalton Trumbo, which I didn't know. Uh, it was based on a 1943 book of the same name. It depicts the first retaliatory airstrike against Japan on April 18, 1942, 
four months after the December 7, 1941 Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. The, plan was, the raid was planned and led by and named after United States Army Air Force's Lieutenant Colonel James Newlittle. Notable people are in the movie, including Spencer Tracy, who is the lead actor, but he's actually kind of like a um, cameo appearances. I think he's at in about eight scenes. Um, but also uh, Blake, uh, Blake Edwards, who went on to marry Julie Andrews. He was a famous director and actor himself. Robert Mitchum, first time he was ever on screen. Van Johnson is kind of like the lead in it. And Alan Napier. Yeah. Alan Napier, who was the butler in the Batman series, also in the movie. It's a very 1944-ish patriotic. It's sappy in places, but it's very realistic in others. So realistic that MGM had 180 feet of carrier deck built inside its Studio 15 in Hollywood. The Army Air Force also provided three B-25s and pilots for the filming. So basically what happened was four months after, after Pearl Harbor, they came up, the U.S. military came up with this idea to put Army B-25 bombers, kind of medium bombers, on a Navy aircraft carrier, the Hornet, get it as close as they could to Japan, and then take off and bomb Tokyo and other cities around it. Now, they knew what the damage wasn't going to be great, but they knew from a uh, psychological point of view, it was us bringing the war back to Japan, and it had a domino effect throughout the rest of the war. But let's just get to the questions about the movie. First of all, so question number one, uh, how many B-25s took off from the Hornet the day of the mission? All right, these are all multiple choice, by the way. How many bombers actually took off from the USS Hornet the day of the mission? The options are eight, A is 16, B right. is 14, C is eight, and D is a dozen, 12. Right. Okay. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Go ahead. All right. General, you go first. Hmm. Um, well, since we're on the same team, I, think, hmm. um, I was going to say 16. What about you? I was going to say 14. 16 and 14. Okay. for uh, We'll call them Team 1. Okay. All right. That's Phil and Juan, uh, right? Okay. So uh, Team 2, well, let's say, is Phil and Jim. Team 2. 16, 14, 8, or a dozen? Jim? Well, I think it's 9, but I'll say, so if it's 8, if 8 is the only option, I'm going to say 8. Phil? It's A, 16. Okay. All right, got that. Phil said 16. Okay. I'm going to wait until you say, and then I'll give everybody points. Okay. And, uh, okay, so the third team is uh, Bill and X. X, what do you say? I have to fully confess, so I don't have to um, say an act of contrition. It's mm -hmm. 16 because I got this answer wrong on a CBS similar type show. Really? Wow. <laughs> similar to us? Interesting. On CBS. Bill, what do you say? I'll, I'll go with 16. Okay, 16. <laughs> Okay, we got Good everyone. answer, Bill. <laughs> got everyone? Yeah. Yeah, the answer is 16. The answer is 16. So, um, hey, I am abashed. The correct answer was 16. And when you see the actual footage of uh, what they did that day, for them to put 16 B-25s on the, on the deck of this on the aircraft carrier and give them enough room to take off, 
Just amazing. Just amazing. About 300 feet, I think. I mean, 500. 500. That's nothing. 500, that would have been over half the length of the carrier. That's right. But but the. Well, whatever. They had to. they were, they, it was bad weather, which was uh, actually in their favor because the winds were blowing right over the top of the deck. Uh, but when you see the footage of it, the first plane, wow, man, it looks like he's going to hit. But then he takes off, and then everyone else takes off. So That's Doolittle, by the way, who flew the first plane. Yeah, he was the first one to take off, yep. That's right. Yep. He, let him, he let him in person. Okay. All right, so question number two. Um, so who, uh, who got points on that there, Louie? Okay, well, everybody got something. We have um, the general and Juan got one point. Jim and Phil also got one point. And Tom and Bill got two, two points. Yeah. We can call uh, X. I mean X. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay, here we that go. That was only because Bill went second. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, Rangers get paid to observe and see what's going on before they maneuver. Lois Lane, if you don't want to say X, you can say Xavier. (laughs) No, let's just (laughs) leave it at X. Okay, here we go. Question number two. Uh, We've always heard that the Doolittle Raid was a victory for the nation's morale, but actually did very little damage. But in reality, how many buildings were destroyed during the bombing raid? Okay. We always heard that the Doolittle Raid was a victory for the nation's morale, but actually did very little damage. In reality, how many buildings were destroyed? A, 14, including two on the grounds of the Emperor's Palace. B, 22 structures, including an army barracks. C, zero. No building was completely destroyed. And D? And D, 112 buildings. Let me go over those again. A, 14 buildings, including two on the grounds of the Emperor's Palace. B, 22 structures, including an army barracks. C, zero, no buildings were completely destroyed. And D, 112 buildings. Okay, why don't we go to Phil and Jim first? Well, I have never heard this question before, but it's it's very provocative. That's... uh, that, of course, was the idea behind the mission was to uh, cause destruction mm-hmm. and um, make its thing for the Japanese. So I, I, I'll say, I'll say D. D one one hundred and twelve. Okay, Jim. What did I say? Twenty two. Jim says twenty two. B. Uh, let's go to the general and Juan. General, what do you say? I'm going to go with 22 as well. Yeah, it's a low number. 22. Juan, same thing? I counted them while they were happening on the film. It was, uh, <laughs> 22? Other than one really big one. Okay. I counted uh, 22. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. Bill and X. Bill. I would uh, say 22. I don't think they ever deliberately targeted the Emperor's place. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm deliberately staying away from that one. And X, I'm sorry, X. I don't know how many buildings, but I I know they hit. We were all led to believe they just bombed Tokyo, but it was other cities and mm-hmm. other targets. That's right. Um, because they wanted to make all of Japan feel right. 
what's happening. So I'll go with 22 22. Well. Okay. Uh, the real answer is D, 112 buildings. It Ooh, did more, more destruction really? than, I don't know, we were led to believe or maybe they didn't think 100, uh, 112 buildings would be um, – you know, a big number for them, but that's what happened. And it also uh, killed 55 people on the ground. And, um, but, but the, the biggest, uh, you know, victory to come out of this is that it caused the Japanese to bring home uh, almost a million troops as their home guard. And they really didn't have those people before. Right, yeah. And it took a lot of troops out of the field, you know, so. And, and fighter squadrons. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All of a sudden they had to protect Japan and, and they hadn't really counted on that. Okay, Lois. So the, the reason, the reason, by the way, that I guessed out of thin air 112 is because uh, 11 of the planes, I think, bombed Tokyo, and the other five were each given one city to drop their bombs, and they each had four bombs. And the mm -hmm. buildings in Japan were pretty flimsy. Right, so I yes. I figured 64 bombs, and maybe each one took out two buildings. Right, there was um, sixty, yeah, uh, four, uh, about fourteen tons of bombs uh, in total. Sixteen tons. Well, each plane had a ton. A ton less. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Here we go. So, 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 um, so, Mac, what are you making us compete with the math major like Phil? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lois, what's the score? So only one team scored a point for that, and it was Phil's team. So we have um, a tie going on. We have X and Bill with two points. Go ahead. Jim and Phil with two points. Yes. And the general and Juan have one right now. One. Okay. All right. Still but, time. Right. We're only on question three. So. It's early. Okay. All right. Of the 16 bombers that took off, 14 crashed in China. And one, 14 crashed in China, one landed safely. What happened to the 16th bomber? A, it crashed on takeoff. B, it was shot down by Japanese fighters. C, it landed in Russia. D, it was never found. Okay, of the 16 bombs that took off, 14 crashed in China, one landed safely in China. What happened to the 16th plane? I know, I know. Crashed I know on this one. Crashed on takeoff, shot down by Japanese fighters. It landed in Russia. It was never found. Go ahead, Juan. La landed in Russia. Okay. General? Um... Never found. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, let's see. Jim, what do you say? Well, those are two intriguing possibilities. Um, I'm going to say it was never found. Okay. Phil? The landed in Vladivostok. Okay. Is uh, that Russia? Yes. Yep. That's Russia. X. Siberia. Come on. Get real. X. Okay. <laughs> landed in Siberia or Russia. Bill? Russia. Did you ask Jim? I didn't write Jim's down. Yeah, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Jim got it wrong. Okay. Yeah, okay. it landed in Russia. It was oh. it landed in Russia, and um, the the uh, crew was interned, but I think they eventually got out somehow. I'm not sure. Uh, but the Russians the, the Russians conveniently let them escape from a train near the Iranian border. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. And the reason why the Russians just didn't turn them back is because Russia had a neutrality pact with Japan. So right. according to the pact, they had to intern mm -hmm. the American crew. And by the way, confiscate the plane. Right. Sure. Hmm. 
Hmm. Uh, okay. All right. Do you want to? Let's just go to one more question and then we'll uh, update the score. Okay. So this is uh, question number four. After the raid was over, Doolittle was rescued and brought to Washington D.C. Previous to this, he was convinced the raid had been a failure and he was going to be court-martialed. What happened instead? Okay. After the raid was over, Doolittle was rescued and brought to Washington D.C. Previous to this, he was convinced the raid had been a failure. He was going to be court-martialed. What happened instead? A, he was busted down a colonel and returned to the South Pacific as a supply officer. B, he was promoted to brigadier general and given command of the 8th Air Force in England. C, he retired and went on savings bond drive tours until the war's end. D, he resigned his commission and took a job as a Hollywood consultant. Okay. A, he was busted down to colonel. B, he was promoted to Brigadier General, given command of the 8th Air Force. C, he retired and went on savings bond tour drives until the war's end. D, he resigned his commission, took a job as a Hollywood consultant. Let's go to uh, X and Bill. Bill, what do you say? Uh, He was promoted and continued on. Okay. X. Yeah, it was a worldwide success for the West, and I think he uh, got promoted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Jim? Yeah, I think he was promoted. Phil? Promoted. <laughs> Go ahead, Wani. Yeah, definitely promoted. And General? Yep, he skipped okay. a rank and was promoted to Brigadier General. No, he actually yeah, got that. Yeah, that's correct. He uh, went up two ranks, and... Um, he was also uh, awarded the Medal of Honor, but he was also credited with turning the whole strategic bombing campaign in Europe, turning it around. You know, there was a lot of problems there before he got there, and he just said, uh, we're going to do it this way, and, um, you know, it was the right way. So he was quite a guy. Uh, anyway, okay, so we're at uh, the end of the floor. First uh, segment, Lois, please. So um, the scores are very tight. We have Bill and X with six points so far, mm. Jim and Phil with five, and the general and Juan with four. Okay, tight. If I tight race. All right. Okay. Does it? Yep. Feel right? Okay. <laughs> all right, let's just go on. That's then. funny. I counted. I counted five points. So uh, I might have. I got missed... one on the first. One yep. on the first one. Mm-hmm. Right. None on the and second. Then, and did you both and get? Then Tom and I got. Bingo on the okay. Um, that's what I, second I one. Okay, Got two it. right answers there, and then uh, uh, that would be three, and then two right answers on this one. No, no, only one right answer on the third one. Yeah, only one right answer. Okay. That's what right, I had. Right. So that's one, why I have. So you both got. I don't. Two, two of them were only one right answers, and then no. the other two, we had two okay. right answers. I that's one no, was, on question was, two. One two. Yeah, on question two, only Phil got it right. <laughs> okay. True. Yeah. All right. Let's so. let's call. Okay. Yeah. All right. Jeez, Lois, you have a tough crowd here. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a hard time. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Movie number two. Four more questions. Okay. This movie. Um, the second movie is the longest day, and I can tell you, we could have done a whole show about the longest day. Yeah. Um, sure. I I mean, I saw it when it came out. I've probably seen it maybe three or four times since, but I sat down and watched it again. Uh, last week, and it's just such an amazing movie. Uh, the scale of the movie is just unbelievable. And um, 
and and uh, there's just a lot of elements to it, and, and not this. Um, it was it was uh, it came out in 1962, but it, there's definitely a. Um, it's not a, a pro-war movie, if I can say it like that. There's a lot of kind of philosophical moments in it, and uh, personal moments in it. I, I was just really kind of very impressed by it. Uh, I think uh, you know when we saw it as kids, you know, it was a war movie, but as an adult, it's uh, a little deeper than that. Anyway. So uh, it was released in September 1962. It cost $7.5 million to make, would eventually uh, earn more than $30 million. has a wide array of big stars, including John Wayne, Richard Burton, Robert Mitchum, Robert Ryan, Henry Fonda, and many more, including Paul Anka, who wrote the theme music, and teenage heartthrob Fabian. 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 <laughs> um, the film has an amazing scope and a number of set-piece battle scenes that are intricately but realistically filmed as well as a number of personal vignettes, many with a distinct anti-war tone. When the movie came out, it was praised for its integrity, uh, many noting that it was um, not a typical rah-rah American movie, and it went on to inspire a uh, 1990 movie, Saving Private Ryan. Okay, so first question. i got a question for you, though, a, a tidbit. Go ahead. Why was it shot in black and white? That's question number one. This? <laughs> so it it caught so all right okay hang on go ahead well thank you one one okay hey, here we go what do i know i'm not developing the game i just it's a tidbit i always i always knew even as a kid okay the longest day cost 7.5 million dollars to make and it's considered the most expensive black and white black and white movie ever made also the most successful black and white movie ever made but why was it filmed in black and white? A, to save money so they could spend it on paying the many celebrities in the film. B, to add grit to the true wartime drama. C, originally only the German scenes were shot in black and white while the Allies scenes were shot in color. But this was later changed wow. to the movie being filled entirely in black and white. D, to, act, to, to match actual war footage from D-Day to be used in the movie. Okay, let's go over again. So it cost seven point five million to make, but it's in black and white. Why was it made in black and white? A to save money so they could spend it on paying the many stars in the film. B to add grit to the true war time drama. C originally only the German scenes were shot in black and white, while the Allies scenes were shot in color. But this was later changed to the movie being filmed entirely in black and white. Or D to match actual war footage from D-Day to be used in the movie. Okay, so why was it shot in black and white? Let's go to uh, Bill first. One, one. Go no, to one. No, because uh, <laughs> no, he feels like he knows one. it. All right, we'll go, uh, I, go to one. No, I'm nope, not going to go. But he uh, feels like he knows that's it. Not, that's not the answer. None of those were the answer that I knew. Oh. From, well, tell us. Uh, since 1962. Tell us your answer. Number E. Daryl F. Zanuck. Maybe it was just a, 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 a comment. Go ahead. Off the cuff comment, but it's something I always remember is that – the blood was too red. Mm. Oh, wow! That's what he said. That's what he said. Maybe we'll now, give him a I point for Googled that. Googled it, Wikipedia it, or Yahoo'd oh. or dogpiled it. Oh, of, the four, of the four, of the four, all of those. Like something did, I didn't even dial up CompuServe or America Online to find to find that. that. I just can't remember it, and I and I remember seeing it at the uh, Saxon Theater. In Boston. Oh my God! In the combat zone. I think zone? there was a program with it, and I wish I still had it. Okay, 
So of the four answers, though, what are you well going to Well done, one, one. Yeah, it's just a memory. You know, it's a memory that I always had, I know, and that's I what know. he said. I'm impressed. It wasn't, it wasn't John Wayne saying it. It was Daryl F. Zanuck saying it. Right. Of yeah. the four answers, what are you picking? <laughs> All right. I'll, well, the first three are stupid. I'm picking the uh, D to, to uh, blend in uh, actual war footage. Okay. General? That's what I was going to say. Last one. X? Yeah, I, I, I thought that, too, even when I was young, like one one. So, what's your answer? What's your answer, X? Oh, D, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Bill? Uh, yeah. Bill, what do you say? I'm on board with D also, actual okay. footage. Phil? Well... Which one was the grit? Mm. Yeah, to add grit to the wartime drama. B. That was B. 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 Well, I know that one of the criticisms that 20th Century Fox had when they found out that Zanuck wanted to film it in black and white is they thought it would look like a newsreel. And his comeback to that was, don't worry about that. I'll have a star in every scene. Hmm. I mean, he had like 30 stars to pick from. Yeah, right. So I think the worry was that it might look too much like newsreel. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with B, the grit. Okay. Hmm. And Jim? Hmm. Uh, gee whiz. I'm going with D. Hmm. Okay. The dog. It's good. We ought to get one point out of this jump at least. See. Yeah, we'll see. This is this is surprising because I didn't think anyone would get this, but the answer is D. They yeah. have a lot of wartime time yeah. footage in that movie, way more than you would think, and it blends in almost wow. perfectly with what they shot. It, it, and it, here, I thought he was trying to avoid it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I had heard for years that it was just it was just too big of a movie, and there was too many stars in it, and they had to pay them and stuff. But it wasn't. They wanted they they wanted it to have that kind of I think news news footage you know look to it. You know, the the funny thing about paying the stars was uh, there's many many people in it, and um, Richard Burton and uh, Roddy McDowell, of all people, yeah. were in yeah. Egypt filming Cleopatra, and they were like just so bored because Elizabeth Taylor took a thousand takes you know for everything. They begged Zanuck, could we be in this movie? We're just bored. we got to get out of here. They paid their own way. They didn't get paid. And uh, and they're in the movie, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Okay, D. So you want to just give the scores there around those from there? I thought Sean Connery's appearance was the, the killer. He's funny in it, yeah. He's kind he of was like funny. a comic guy. And the really. thing was, he filmed that just before he filmed Dr. No. Really? Yeah, huh? Really? Interesting. This, this was not his, you know, this was his premiere, I think. Yep. It and, had and, to be. It was before Doctor No. I can't and the Zanuck didn't like him. He thought he was a hack. <laughs> uh -huh. well, he was wrong. Um, yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh, you want to just run down the scores there, Lois? Um, sure. So um, we have Bill and Tom in the lead with eight. Wow, huh? Jim and Phil with six. And the General and Juan with seven. Okay, still tight. Okay, yep, here we go. Very close. Everybody knows their stuff. Okay, so... Uh, there is one benefit too, to with them adding in the the real war footage. It does make it look grittier. You know what I mean? It was kind of like a win-win situation. Oh, but that was the reason for it. It would look almost odd in color, I think. Now, okay, here we go. Um, 
Question three. There's a famous scene towards the end of the movie which shows free French troops attacking a German-occupied casino in a place called, I think it's called Ostrinden, Ostrin something. Um, well, oh, it's called Wischeschen. Okay, even better, right? It's a long shot filmed from a helicopter and is perfectly choreographed. I think you all remember the scene, right, probably? Okay, so keeping in mind the average length of a shot in a typical modern movie is 2.5 seconds. How long is this particular shot in the longest day? Okay. Um, what, 2.5 seconds? No, the, the, seconds? Yeah, the, the, the average shot in a modern movie is 2.5 seconds. You know, some of them are 20 seconds, some of them are half a second. But just to give you an example how short, you know. Nowadays. Now, nowadays, and even back then, you know. Um, okay, so. I'm not counting Stanley Kubrick. Keep, yeah, keeping in mind the average length of a shot in a typical modern movie is 2.5 seconds. How long was this particular shot in the longest day? A, 1 minute and 31 seconds. B, 2 minutes and 14 seconds. C, 44 seconds. D, 4 minutes and 11 seconds. Okay? A is 1 minute 31. B is 2.14. C is 44 seconds. D is 4 minutes and 11 seconds. And just to clarify, this is the shot from the helicopter? Yep, yes, yep. One of the so shots, it's just yes. The, it's just the shot from on high within the context of the entire scene. Exactly, yep. Okay, good. one more time, could you read them? <laughs> okay, uh, one minute and 31 seconds, two minutes and 14 seconds, 44 seconds, and D is four minutes and 11 seconds. Okay, let's go to Jim. This is this is tricky. I'm gonna say B. B, two minutes and fourteen. Phil. What was the first answer? One minute and what? One thirty one. Well, like Jim, I think it's B. Okay. This is B. Okay. One. I know it was a long shot. It was Riveting, but was it four minutes? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I'm leaning towards four minutes, but I think it is B. B it was long. a long shot. General. Well, I don't even remember the shot, so. <laughs> um, Take a guess. I'll go with long. If he's thinking B, I'll go with it. B. Because I'm thinking it was a continuous shot, right? It can't be like. A shot. Right. There's no edits. That would be continuous. Right, right, right. Bill, what do you say? I think I'll go with A. A, 131. X, what do you say? I got to tell you, I haven't seen the movie in 10 or 12 years, but I do remember one scene when the uh, German fighters are flying over the beach. That's the other longest scene, yes. Yep. And the pilot said, Das war der größte Augenblick der deutschen Luftwaffe. <laughs> so Speak, I'm going to go with B. Speaking Cleon again. <laughs> that was a good scene, X. Okay. So he said B. He I'm said not B. Sure that was B, right, Tom? Talking about. No, it's not. A little bit arcane. <laughs> okay, we all got. We, yep, I got everybody locked in. The answer is uh, A, one minute and 31 seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Right, Bill. Yeah, and when you when you when you when you watch it, when you watch it, you say, yeah, or when you think about it, it just seems much longer. Okay, but it I does. but I I got the movie and I timed it.
But when you watch it, it, it basically what it is is these Germans are in this casino. They're in a high point over a canal, and there's a little town. And just, you know, someone yells action, and, and hundreds of these soldiers come running out, you know, running along the streets, um, blowing up buildings, shooting. Some of them are dying. You know, bridges are being blown up. And then the, the camera moves over, and i got to say, General, because you're a helicopter pilot, I'm amazed in 1962 that they could have this thing so stable. You know what I mean? It's just so stable. It's still a helicopter. So they must have had a heavy helicopter or something. But it's very smooth. And then the helicopter kind of like rises, and you see the Germans aligned along the top of this casino, and they got all these big guns and stuff. And it just goes on and on and on and on. Amazing. It's an amazing shot. It lasts a long time, but one um, one thirty-one, and um, so anyway, they. Um, so you timed it yourself? Yeah, I just got the movie and just timed it myself. They must have had an extremely oh, stable helicopter platform staging this. Thank you. But I want to read because I had the wrong scene. Okay, yeah. Mac, is that the one where the building actually uh, is blowing up at the end? At the end, yes, right. But but the scene itself of the attack is is one thirty one, and then there's another couple long scenes, and in the middle of the battle, the this troop of nuns comes walking down the yeah. you know the road, the and right. they're not getting hit, you know, and uh, they're there to treat the wounded, and there's this you know kind of thing going on with that, and then. Finally, what they do is they bring up a tank, and it turns out to be a real French AMX tank, and they uh, and they blow up the casino, and that's it. But great scene. And then the second longest scene is what X is talking about, is that they only had two uh, Luftwaffe planes that day, if you can believe it. And right, um, right. they strafed Whoa. one of the beaches, and that's all they had gas and ammunition for. Uh, now, those two planes that were in the movie were actually M- – uh, the the depicted as ME-109s, which was the premier German fighter. But the, in the movie, they were actually ME-108s, where uh, two-seed versions of Messerschmitt's 109, and one of them was down Plum Island Airport, oh. where we lived for about 15 years in the hangar. Um, oh. It was built, uh, uh, bought by um, Cliff Robinson. Was that that actor's name? Cliff oh, Robinson? Cliff Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Cliff Ro- yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, we'd see it every— the PT-109, right? Yeah, right. Yep, yep. We'd see it out in the out in the uh, run. We never saw it flying, but he would, he would take it out every once in a while. Anyway, uh, so uh, having to do with that with the scene in the in the town, though, they rehearsed the scene for several days, but it only took them three times to get it right. You know, when they said action, and when you see it, it that's amazing, amazing uh, choreography. I guess you could call there it. There was so much going on. Yes, it was like it's it, incredible it was choreography. You know, how do you know? This how does that guy know? It's how amazing. does this guy know when to drop and when to shoot and when to throw the bomb? I mean, it, there it's must amazing. be a lot of X's and O's meetings yeah. on that. You know, yeah. mapping it out on a, on a chalkboard. <laughs> if I remember, if I remember this trivia question correctly, mm-hmm. that building um, was not there. When they shot the movie, it had been demolished, mm-hmm. and they used scenes. They used the black and white film of its demolition in the movie. Oh, cool! Yes, I can oh, see. Really? Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. yeah, that's cool. That is, that is cool. Um, okay, so here we go to question number three about the longest day. Uh, one line of dialogue is re- repeated twice in the movie. Once by John Wayne at the beginning of the film, and then a German officer towards the end of the film. What is the line? 
One line of dialogue is repeated twice in the movie, once by John Wayne at the beginning of the film and then by a German officer towards the end of the film. What is the line? A, mm. it's all because of this goddamn weather. B, it's time to wake up the Fuhrer. C, I'd rather be anywhere else but here. D, I sometimes wonder which side God is on. Okay? We'll go with it again. A, it's all because of this goddamn weather. B, it's time to wake up the Fuhrer. C, I'd rather be anywhere else but here. D, I sometimes wonder which side God is on. Go to Phil. No, it sounds like it should be D. D for Phil. Jim. I want to say A. A. It's all because of this goddamn weather. Okay, General. Yeah, I'm going to go with the weather. Okay. X. Oh, I'm sorry, Juan. Uh, what was D again? I think I'm, I'm leaning on D, but I forgot what it D was. D is, I sometimes wonder which side God is on. Oh, yeah. I, I'm picking D because um, that's just my okay. memory of it. Okay. Yeah, D. X. I think D as well. Hey, Bill. Most of the guys who were there were probably saying C, but I think in the movie it was D. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. We got everyone? We got everyone. Okay. Yeah, it is D. Wow. It is D. Excellent. Yeah. At Yay. the very beginning of the movie, John Wayne is, is you know, there. A, a lot of the movie is actually a build up to the invasion, all the stuff that's oh, going sure. on, you know, like behind enemy lines and in England and on the ships and stuff like that. All the different generals involved. It did, yeah, and, and, and it's it's because of the weather, you know, the weather. And, and John, you know, when he gets this bad weather report, he says, I wonder which, you know, I wish I could do his voice. I wonder which side God is on. And then they get the go, they're going to go. And then later on in the movie, when the when the Germans realize, you know, they're they're getting their asses kicked, the guy says, "I wonder which side God is on." You know, so wow. Leaves the question: Whose side Mine. was he on? Okay, here we go. All right. And, then, the and I voted for Eisenhower too when he ran for president. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> you voted for Eisenhower? You're that old? I did. Did you as, really? As a kid, I did. As a kid, story. yeah, you snuck in. I was a kid. Handing out uh, voting cards, he had a big office in uh, Cambridge near Harvard Square. Sounds like we like Ike. I was handing out we like Ike pins to people, and I was like, about I don't know. Really, you got any of those around? These oh, days? One, one, you got to be kidding! Yeah. You didn't really do that. I did. Oh, I did. I believe he did. At the Commodore Hotel in Cambridge had a big, uh, <laughs> big office there, a big campaign office. I mean, he wasn't there, but obviously, but how old are you? Oh, You're as old as Mick God. Jagger, then, right? All right, here we go. Okay. Question number four. <laughs> Ready? Okay. Uh, now, we, we, we talked about the, the cast of hundreds in this movie, and, the, and there really is a huge, huge cast of very well-known people. Question four. Who was the last Allied soldier to die in the movie? You know, what actor? Who was the last Allied soldier to die in the movie? A, Richard Burton. B, Paul Anker. C, Eddie Albert. D, Dirk Bogart. Who's the last Allied soldier, the last actor to die in the movie? Richard Burton, Paul Anka, Anka, Eddie Albert, or Dirk Bogart? Uh, let's go to X. Sal Minio. <laughs> that was my answer. He's in it. Yeah, he's in it. But Elvis <laughs> Presley. The last <laughs> The things you come up with. No, he's one, one. You should have helped me out. 
on text or something. Okay, go ahead. Jeez. Save uh, the three. Save I think the, I know this yeah. one. Richard Burton, Paul Anka, Eddie Albert, Dirk Bogart. I'm going to say just because he was the most famous guy at the time, Richard Burton. Okay. But who knows? Bill? Hmm. I think it was Eddie Albert. Okay. Juan Juan? Eddie Albert. General? Albert. Okay. Phil? I'll say Albert. Okay. And Jim? See? See? Well, I'm not going to go against popular, you know, I'll yeah. say Eddie Albert. Okay. I wanted yeah. to say Dirk Bogard, but... Eddie Albert, let's say. I'm not sure Dark Broker is even in the movie, but uh, yeah, the answer is C. Eddie Albert. He takes a he takes a bullet at the very end of, at the very very end of the movie. They blow through the wall after yeah. all this, and after all that, and they're going okay, let's go. And at the very end of the movie, he takes a bullet, and the movie's over like 30 seconds later. It's just a weird, you know, way to yeah. end it. But he was um, he himself was a decorated now war hero. Uh, during World War II for his uh, actions during the Battle of Tarawa in the South Pacific. Yep. I think he was a Coast Guard guy in, a, in, in one of the landing craft, and some Marines were hung up on a reef, and he disobeyed orders, went back and got them. So He saved a lot of guys on Tarawa. Yeah, he did, yeah. And then he wound up with uh, Ava Gabor. Well, hey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Green Acres is the place. Right. Man, there is no <laughs> God. <laughs> he probably said, which side is God on? <laughs> All right, so you want to go over this? Well, hey, listen, you know, you forgot the, the great Mutt and Jeff line. What's that? You know, the Germans say, got mit us, and, and Mutt says, uh, we got mittens too. <laughs> okay. <Not for adults. laughs> I wish I knew that. If you understand German, you get that job. What's the score? That would hell with them. That would have been a good one. Yeah, for okay. sure. Okay, so at the end of two rounds, we still have a very tight game. Ooh. We have um, the general and Juan with 10, Jim and Phil with 9, and um, Bill and X. X with 12. Wow, huh? Okay. Well, wow. why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back with the second half of the show. This is uh, Mac Maloney's Milton X House show. Special here on the, edition. <laughs> the Distant Thunder Radio Network special edition. We're doing World War II movie trivia tonight for Homes for Our Troops. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. My dad, he's a double amputee, and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. Homes for our troops built this house, and my dad can get through the wide doorways. He can reach anything. Homes for our troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. Join our mission at hfotusa.org. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft 
or is someone or something looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Welcome everyone to Mac Maloney's Miltrax Now Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. We have a very special show tonight. World War II war movie trivia for our homes for our troops. We have quite a gang here. Let me introduce them real quickly. Girls, the very famous Juan Juan is here and he's close to the lead. Juan. Hello everybody. Hello Mac. Thanks okay. for uh, letting me report aboard and participate in the show. Former Navy man, as Navy. you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Inshore okay. Undersea Warfare Group, Unit 2, Anti-Submarine Warfare, Little Creek, Virginia. Okay. We won't hold that against you. It's cool. <laughs> Let's see how good he does uh, with all that vodka in him in the second half. Uh, okay. Also here is Agent X. Agent X. X, how you Thanks doing? Thanks for having me. I'm having more fun than I expected. Oh, well, really? had high hopes, did you? And mm-hmm. I thought one one was a submariner. I no, no. So, if you can, if, if if we can quickly tell the real story of Juan's service, basically he it was tanning himself in Guantanamo Bay for two years, and then they transferred him to Newport Beach, Rhode Island, which only lets one percent of the one percent is in. Okay, <laughs> he was there, and then they transferred him, literally across the highway from where you grew up, right? To the Charlestown Navy Navy Yard, and I spent yeah. my last eight months. <laughs> That was a short time when they said we need some extra people at the at the shipyard to uh, do an help do an ET overhaul, electronics mm-hmm. overhaul. Okay. I said, yeah, I can do that. And I commuted with everybody else. <laughs> so, so you got a suntan. You went to Newport. No Viet Cong ever reached Newport, by the way. And then you were basically home for your last year, right? Yeah, but that's it. Yeah, I was commuting from home. For, but then your parents say, "Where aren't you supposed to be in the duty, navy?" But, <laughs> yeah. okay, you know. but he still contributed. Okay, so. that's true. I did. I did. So, okay, so no shots were fired in my direction. Okay, that's good. That's a good thing. Home, but, you know, <laughs> okay. I had an apartment uh, rented a house with a couple other dudes in Virginia Beach. <laughs> wow, you, you were there like, too. Uh, almost yeah. two years in Great Lakes, Illinois. Between boot camp and electronics school, I was there like forever. Mm. Okay, hung out in Chicago all the time. Oh, yeah, so that was my day. Navy career, five years. <laughs> uh, let's move on, General Tom Landwehrmeyer. Then I was editing films, and so I was doing in Newport. I was in the, you can the tell. film studio where they hand out movies to the troops, <laughs> and I was uh, checking for splices and 
watching movies and fixing projectors. This is, I, I would have ended it at uh, Newport, but anyway, you can tell he was in the Navy. <laughs> yes, sir. General Tom Landmeyer, how are you, Tom, tonight, General? Doing great, Mac. Thanks for having us as always. And I uh, I like the only thing I got to say to one is go Army, beat Navy. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I okay. don't know. It's going to be a close one. You think so? What's it's th- tomorrow, right? Is it? Uh, no, a week from Saturday. Oh, a week from Saturday. Okay. What's There's the over so under in that? About it Five? No, shouldn't say that. Anyway, I mean, why it's, don't. Uh, it's actually at uh, Gillette Stadium this year. Yeah, it's Is it Gillette. really? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, a lot of controversy. They'll have a good game there then. Huh? <laughs> All right. So, uh, uh, Jim Frankel, Super Asian. Jim, how are you doing tonight? I'm better now. Why? You have vodka <laughs> well, too? It, it's, it was, you know, Thanksgiving was rough. Uh, we had really? a whole family here. And, <laughs> and uh, okay. you know, not in our condo, but in our daughter's house and, and the West Coast contingent, there's a one and a half year old and an almost three year old. Hmm. And that's, you know, that's that's chaos. Really? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. It's a lot of work. It's, it's you made a lot it through. Of running around after kids. I bet. A lot of kids crying and screaming and hmm. giggling. And, you know, the giggling is good. The giggling. The crying and the screaming get on your nerves after a while. <laughs> huh. Wow. Okay. We did that already. You know, we, I, we thought we were done with that. <laughs> <laughs> this is round two. But not quite. Not quite. <laughs> Congratulations to you, Jim, that you have that exciting experience with your extended family. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It, it was a positive spin. Very nice, but it, yeah. but it, it was a, a lot of energy. You know, oh, you know, yeah. little kids, babies are energy vampires. They <laughs> are. Okay, all right. Think about well it. Well put. If you've ever been a parent, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. I do know it. This is turning into a TED talk. Kids, but, you know, I do know some grandkids, but I don't yes. have. So. Phil O'Banes. Phil, how are you tonight? I am just fine. It's He's the pleased po- to be here. The poop power of um, Winning Moves, uh, which has all kinds of games, games that we grew up with and also different variations of Monopoly and Risk and so on and so forth, and is known as Mr. Monopoly around the world. Are you considered, Phil, still the world's leading expert on Monopoly? Well, I think by default, because Hasbro has really not done anything special with Monopoly for about 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've already confessed on the show I've never played Monopoly. I, I, actually, I did play a game, and I couldn't rem- I don't remember it because we were around the pool. There was a lot of, well, vodka, as it turns out. <laughs> well, you, you certainly are in the minority because I think it's uh, – I, I forget whether it's 2 billion people have played it worldwide by this point, but the number that Hasbro – Publicist, well, somewhere's in that order. Okay. Also with us, uh, Bill Ivey, who is an executive officer of Homestrat Troops, uh, Ranger, Army Ranger. Army Rangers are the best in the Army. Is that right, Bill? Is that what you were saying? Rangers lead the way, Matt. <laughs> All right. Yes. And, and this, they're still around, right? I mean, are they part of Delta Force or are they the same or can we say? No, they're not. Uh, the Rangers uh, are a special operations unit. They're uh, got a different mission, mission that Delta does, but mm-hmm. uh, got a regiment, three battalions, uh, one station, two, one two station in Georgia, and one station in Washington, Washington State. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and what particular mission would you send Rangers on, as opposed to Green Berets, or is it that specially defined? Uh, Rangers more direct action. 
Okay. Uh, Green Berets spent a lot of time working with indigenous forces. Being kind of being Rangers honest. Go in, do raids, uh, assaults, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Very famous. X and uh, Agent X is here. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Army. Counterintelligence slash recruitment, right? X? Slash recruitment. Mm. Yeah. Okay. To my worst years in 22 years in the Army. But yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He also, um, yeah. went to, so went... I started out in armor Go ahead. Thanks. and um, then went to tactical intelligence, ended up in counterintelligence. And um, that was the most fun I've had hmm. until I went into my second career. <laughs> okay. And then what was that? What was that? A male model? Those years? <laughs> Everybody says that same thing. <laughs> wow, I should have. I took the pin out of the hand. You sure did. A, um, also with us. Nonprofit uh, NGO that um, yes. supports freedom. I don't, I don't know what to call it. Well, we, we, on the show, we call it the agency that works for the agencies. Also, right. uh, helping us out here in the studio is the lovely Lois Lane. Lois, thank you for joining us. Oh. You're welcome. You know, you Thank you for having schedule. me. It's loads mm -hmm. of fun. Okay. I'm learning a lot. Well, but I, I do have a question for Phil all right. about Monopoly. I recently saw a Barbie Monopoly game. Oh, would yeah? your company have something you involved to do in with that? that? Or would that be something different? You might not want to admit it. Phil, are you involved wow. in the Barbie Monopoly at all? Was it Barbieopoly or Barbie Monopoly? Oh, good question. Good question. I don't remember. It just caught my eye because it was yeah. pink and so. Opoly is in the public domain, and Opoly games can be made by everybody. Oh. Okay. I Interesting. Don't think Hasbro has tried to help Mattel by licensing the official Monopoly to them. But I'd be curious if you can let me know via email what the actual name is. What that okay. is. Mm, okay. I'll find out. Mm. Okay. Yeah, there's also a there's also Chapel Hill Opoly. Yep. Is it really? Oh. Okay. Which I just discovered a couple of weeks ago, which is uh, strange. Okay, so are you ready for the second half of the game? World War II movie out soon is the Prince Andropoli. <laughs> you don't want to <laughs> don't be involved right. in that. Hey, did you hear that he got invited by Ronnie Wood to uh, join him during the North American tour coming up next year? Prince Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. What playing tambourine? Not Prince no, Prince oh. Prince William. I'm sorry, Prince, Prince William. William. Okay. Uh, why have the royal? Why are you going to have the royal family member on tour with you? I don't get it. You know, it's, Who can say? it's another show. <laughs> uh, so why don't we start the second half of the game? Okay. Yes. Let's see uh, if we can break out of this almost tie that we have going on. So this is um, World War II war movie trivia, and the next movie we're doing is Patton. Okay, Patton. Uh, hang on, please. I'm sorry. Uh, Patton was released. Uh, okay, here we go. The next movie we're doing is Patton. It was released in 1970. It's an epic movie depicting wartime activities of General George Patton, commander of the U.S. Uh, American U.S. Third Army. Patton was a very controversial commander who got results, but many times at the cost of his men, some of whom called him old blood and guts, and others called our blood his guts. Patton was reprimanded several times during the war, by Supreme Commander Dwight Eisenhower and his transgressions uh, at the time, um, and his transgressions uh, and his transgressions are shown in the movie right along with his heroics. 
The film costs twenty. The film costs twenty-two million dollars to make and eventually earned fifty million dollars. It won a slew of Academy Awards that year, including George C. Scott for Best Actor and Best Screenplay by Francis Ford Coppola. Who knew Ooh, that? Wow! And someone Never named Edmund North. <laughs> In the first scene of the uh, uh, okay, here we go. So, question number one. In the first scene, uh, after the intermission of the movie, it shows Patton first on Corsica and then on Malta. In both cases, he's talking to the locals, he's visiting ruins, and so on. Then Patton says, quote, let's go to Cairo to see if the pyramids are still standing. So the question is, why was Patton traveling to all these places in the middle of a war? In the first scene, after intermission of the movie, shows Patton first on Corsica and then on Malta, uh, talking to the locals, visiting ruins, and so on. Then he, his line is, let's go to Cairo to see if the pyramids are still standing. The question is, why was Patton traveling to all these places in the middle of a war? A, he was on a 30-day leave for R&R. B, he was being punished by Eisenhower for his transgressions. C, Eisenhower wanted him to be constantly on the move as a decoy for the Germans ahead of D-Day. D, Patton went anywhere he wanted, whenever he wanted. Okay, try it again. A, was on a 30-day leave. B, was being punished by Eisenhower. C, Eisenhower wanted him to be constantly on the move as a decoy for the Germans ahead of D-Day. D, Patton went anywhere he wanted, whenever he wanted. Let's go with Jim. Oh, B and C are uh, intriguing. I, I'm going to go with B that because he was being punished. Being punished? Okay. All right, Phil. I'll also say B. Okay, General. Um. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with B. Okay. All right, Juan. Uh, the D answer is kind of weird, but it it sort of fits in with what I thought he was doing. <laughs> is that he was uh, a a hardcore historian. And he had this, uh, always had this past life kind of thing. Like he would, mm -hmm. when he always kept saying, I've been here. Yep. When the Carthaginians uh, faced uh, the, et cetera, et cetera. He's re recalling these war, ancient he battles believed, he might have been in. Yeah, he believed in reincarnation. So I think he was like uh, walking the earth and, and kind of re-exploring those past lives or those past memories that he thinks he was part of. So he's going so with D? D is the only answer that would fit that, what I think is the right answer. Okay. okay. General? The other answers oh, are stupid. What was, what was D? A D is uh, Patton went anywhere he wanted, whenever he wanted. Yeah. I'll, I'll Which is kind of weird because it's not that where he wanted it, but he seemed to be out, out and about a lot. Right. Out and about during the war. Yes, General. What's your name? Yeah. Wait, no, I think I'd already... Okay, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, X, X. Please give me the premise in the first question again, because... Okay. Go ahead. At the, uh, there's a scene where, um, you know, after the intermission, uh, where it shows Patton on Corsica and then on Malta, in both cases talking to the locals, visiting ruins and so on. Then Patton has a line that says, let's go to Cairo, see if the pyramids are still standing. Shit. The question is, why was Patton traveling to all these places in the middle of a war? A, he was on R&R, 30-day R&R. B, he was being punished by Eisenhower for his transgressions. 
C. Eisenhower wanted him to be constantly on the move as a decoy right, for the Germans. That's enough. C. Okay. <laughs> okay. Phantom Army. Come on. Okay. Uh, Bill? I'm going to go with C. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. We got everyone? So that we have everyone locked and loaded. Let's see. What's the answer? The answer is C. Oh. As part of a deception campaign, Eisenhower used Patton's transgressions to send him on his trip throughout the Mediterranean in hopes the Germans would take the bait and think that wherever Patton was, that's where the Allies were going to invade. Uh, now, would he have done that if Patton was, uh, you know, had played it straight all this time? Who knows? But that's what it was. The Phantom Army was kind of a different thing. The Phantom Army was a, a little bit different. They wanted him. They wanted them to think that it was going to come from the Mediterranean somewhere. And, uh, and and they always had people following him. You know, they, they had German officers studied Patton. I mean, that's all they were there for, you know, so. Okay, what's the score? Oh, well, we have um, Bill and Tom are really running away with it here, fellas. Sorry. Yeah. They have 14. Okay. Jim Good. and Phil have nine. And the General and Juan have 10. 10, okay. But still there's still lots of rate. questions left. Okay. Mm. All right, number three. About halfway through the movie, Pat, is it number three? I, uh, no, this two. is the second question two. Okay. for Patton. All right, here we go. Number two. About halfway through the movie, Patton is turning is touring a hospital. Full, let me start that again. Number two. Number two. About halfway into the movie, Patton is touring a hospital full of wounded American soldiers. He sees one who looks unharmed. He's told that the man is suffering from battle fatigue. Patton slaps the man across the face, accuses him of being a coward. This is the this is the first of Patton's big transgressions. The question is, where did this take place? Okay, where did Patton slap the guy in the hospital, um, called him a malingerer because he was there for battle fatigue? Where did it happen? Morocco, Belgium, Italy, or Sicily? Morocco, Belgium, Italy, Sicily. Let's go to. Uh, we'll go to Bill. That was in Sicily. X. Morocco. Jim. I say Morocco. Phil. Sicily. Juan. I'm gonna ask Tom. I'm gonna to go with what Tom says. Tom. <laughs> I'm, I'm stumped. I'm stumped on that. Or we hosed. Uh, I thought it was Sicily too. Okay. Sicily. Yeah. Okay. I'll, go, I'll go Sicily as well. Okay. okay, got everyone. The I answer do. is yeah, D, Sicily. Oh, um, oh. later on, later on, um, Omar Bradley said Patton slapping that guy was the best thing that ever happened to the American Army in Europe. And I'm not sure what he means, but I think I get you know, no more battle fatigue. I guess that was a good sense. Well done. Okay. okay, here we go. Question number three. About two-thirds of the way through the movie, there's a famous scene where Patton is acting as a traffic cop, trying to get all his tanks moving in the right direction. Omar Bradley arrives to tell him that while he's doing a great job, he has to give all of the Third Army's ammunition, fuel, and supplies to Bernard Montgomery, the British commander. This infuriates Patton, but the orders come right from Eisenhower. Why was Montgomery getting these supplies? Start again. About two-thirds of the way through the movie, there's a famous scene where Patton is acting as a traffic cop, trying to get all his tanks moving in the right direction. Omar Bradley arrives to tell him while he's doing a good job, 
he has to stop because all of the Third Army's ammunition, fuels, and supplies had to go to Bernard Montgomery, the British commander. This infuriates Patton, but the orders come right down from Eisenhower. Question three is, what did Montgomery need the supplies for? A, to drive directly into Berlin. B, for Operation Markengarten. C, to finally conquer the Germans around the city of Caen. D, to attack the V1 and V2 bases. Okay, A, to drive right to Berlin. B, for Operation Markengarten. C, to finally conquer the Germans around the city of Caen. D, to attack the V1 and V2 bases. We'll start with General Tom. One of the few questions tonight I, I think I'm actually fairly sure of, and it's Market Garden. B. B. One. Oh, man. I thought it was going to be to Berlin because they were, like, almost there, but uh, I'm going to have to go with Tom. I'm going to go with Tom again. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm hanging on his uh, coattails here. Okay. <laughs> Smart move. So I'm going to go B. Aren't they in last place, Lois? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Just wanted no, to bring no, it up. No, Jim and Phil. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. X, what do you say? Remagen Market Basket. Okay. Bill? <laughs> market, market Basket. Market Basket. <laughs> market Basket, right. <laughs> you know what I meant. Yes. We yeah, Bill, what do you say? I, I say B as well. Okay. I think Con was over with by that point. Okay. Uh, Jim, did we get yours? No, Jim and Phil. Yeah, nope. I'm going with Market Garden. Okay, and Bill, did we get yours? Yep, uh, everybody said B. Everyone said B? Yeah, it is B. Oh. It is B. Um, yeah, it, and, and the, the thing is, is that, uh, talk about another movie, Bridge Too Far, um, Operation Market Garden was just a failure. I mean, what they tried to do was capture, I think, four bridges uh, through this highway through Holland, which would lead right into Germany. I mean... On paper, it must have looked good, but this road was just, just surrounded by Germans on, on both sides. And um, they landed, I mean, you know, if you saw the movie, you, you know, the story, they landed a lot of British paratroops in um, uh, one of the bridges in, in um, Arnhem, and, and they were stranded there. And, I mean, just the fact that they were able to get out, a lot of them were, were able to get out alive was, you know, kind of like a, a – uh, a, you know, a victory in the in the face of defeat, but it was just a, a real um, overspending of these resources for something stupid, something done f for politics more than anything. I found right. the movie was, was, uh, was difficult to watch because we we knew it was going to result in failure. Right? Yeah, you know the end of the movie. Yeah. X, what yeah, you but, but the yeah. point point is that Patton was on a roll. This was the second time. Right. Mm. He could have ended the war. Uh, could yep. have ended the war because we all love President Eisenhower. We all did. To appease the British. Well, there's politics. Yep. It's, you know, and politics comes into war. He could have, after Calais, then he could have gone right into the heart of Germany and they turned the gas off. And mm. that's not a myth. That's not right. a mm. story. That's true. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. Hundreds. Well, I don't know if hundreds. But thousands of people, Germans, Americans, French, English, died because of that decision. Yep. Yes, you're right. But it just it just shows that politics comes into war, like all the time. You know, we always think uh, let's 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 all just sit down and figure out the best way to win this, the quickest way. But 
you know, you get a lot of people that you have to please up top. Oh, here we go. That's Number four. That's what was cool about that movie is that you saw the politics uh, get thrown in there by virtue of, uh, uh, who am I thinking of? The Malden? Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. Malden? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, the bearer of bad tidings every time you turn around. Yeah, really. yeah. Omar Bradley yes, pissing is. off. Omar Bradley is pissing off Patton left and right. I'm and sorry, Bill. Were you going to say something, Bill? Bill, what are you going to say? The uh, in the Bridge Too Far, Robert Redford played a Italian uh, commander in the 82nd, 504th <laughs> Parachute Infantry Regiment. The real guy came to a reunion at Bragg when I was in the 82nd, and we were talking to him, and he's talking about things and. He said, hey, when you cross the Wall River, and if you remember in the movie scene, the machine guns going off, yes. artillery, people are saying Hail Mary, yes. uh, paddling with oars, paddling with rifles. And one of the guys asked him, was it really that bad? And he said, uh, you know, he had fought in North Africa with the 82nd. He had jumped into Sicily. He had jumped into Salerno. Five fourth stayed in Italy uh, when the 82nd went back to jump into D-Day. So they were pretty much in combat all the way right up until they went into Market Garden. He said when he got to the far side of the river as a battalion commander, he personally killed three Germans with his weapon. He said it was the first time in the war. At this point, he'd been in combat for over two years wow. that he had fired his weapon. Wow. How weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that happens, you know. Wow. It's like a, a cop is a cop of 30 years, and he might take his gun out once. You know, it's strange, you know. Hmm. But it was that bad, right? It was that bad? Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, I remember that scene. Then, then when he was asked, what, what does your wife think of uh, Robert Redford playing you? He said, she thinks I'm much better looking. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I need something to cut the act. All right, well, clap. Yeah, we right. I get a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure you, I'm sure you do, X. Okay, last question having to do with Patton. Um, during the Battle of the Bulge, Patton is told that the U.S. commander inside the besieged town of Beston, his name was General McAuliffe, had a one-word reply for a Nazi officer who suggested the American forces surrender. When told of the American officer's reply, Patton said, a man that eloquent has to be saved. Question four is, what did General McAuliffe reply to the Nazi surrender request? You want to block your ears for this, Lois? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Okay. I'll take my headphones hey, come on. Oh, there's the option. Okay. Uh, A, balls. B, grapes. C, nuts. D, testicles. Okay. Okay. During the Battle of the Bulls, Patton is told aren't that you, the U.S. Aren't you a nice guy? <laughs> Your brain is in the gutter, Mac. Wow. <laughs> I'm just reporting historical facts here. Do I have to repeat it? I don't have to read that again there. Okay. Okay. What was what was General McCall's reply to the Nazi uh, offer for surrender in the uh, encircled town of Beston during the Battle of the Bulge? Let's go to Jim, Mr. Bigmo. Nuts. Yeah, nuts. Uh, Phil, everyone's uh, – Phil? Nuts. General? Nuts. Juan? Please say testicles. <laughs> Walnuts. Eggs. Noosa. Nuts. And Bill. Nuts. Nuts. Everyone got it, right? Yeah, everybody, everybody got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. The German commander did not know what it meant. 
Right. That's right. <clears throat> what does he mean? What does he mean? Well, what is know. nuts? Well, yeah, yeah, he didn't know what it means because it's an American colloquial expression. Though. Yeah. Right. But, but when I think the of German nuts, commander knew what Nusa means. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, go ahead, please. Yeah. Well, when I hear nuts, you know, I mean, in World War II, I, I wonder that whether people hearing nuts thought immediately of testicles. I, mean, I really, I don't think so. We're gonna have to go. I don't to, think so either. No, really. Who knows? Really? No. Well, That's why I said your brain is in the gutter, Mac. Really. Wow. I thought the this is sudden. A sudden attack. Case. Okay. Yes, exactly. Um, or, or in this case, it meant screw you, buddy. You know. Yeah. Would you nuts? It's yeah. okay. All right, chat and Trace E. Screw you, buddy. Who's got that? <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Get, get lost, a-hole. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Movie number four. Okay. okay. Saving Private Ryan. Oh, why don't we do the scores? Uh, well, you want to do the scores yes. again? Okay, well. Wow. I haven't segments. seen Saving Private Ryan for a while. I, I meant, to, meant to bone up on it, and I didn't, but I saw it a while back. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Well, we still have a close game. People really know their Stuff. war movie history. Maybe they're um, easy questions. The general, <laughs> maybe. Okay. Um, the general and Juan have sixteen points. Mm -hmm. Jim and Phil have fourteen points, and Bill and X are still in the lead with nineteen. Wow, nineteen. Wow. Okay. All right. Here we go. You've been I, cheating I, I, along I the way, you guys. I have to check that Morocco versus Sicily. Okay. I think he hit him in Sicily, but he got. Slammed um, and he wound up in Morocco. Sorry, he, he hit him in Morocco and got slammed when he moved to Sicily. Okay, that's what I thought. I'm sure you're right. At the press conference, you're in the lead. What are you bitching about there? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> don't question. I know, him. but right. here we go. He wants to be precise. He is important. Um, <laughs> okay, we're in the home turn here. Here we go. Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan was made in 1998. It's an American epic war film directed by Steven Spielberg and written by someone named Robert Roday. Set in 1944 in France during World War II, it follows a group of soldiers led by Captain John Miller, the Tom Hanks character, on their mission to locate Private James Francis Ryan, who is played by Matt Damon, and bring him home safely after his three brothers are killed in action. After a brutally shot sequence of U.S. troops landing on Normandy on D-Day, the United States Department of War receives communication that three of the four Ryan brothers have been killed in action. The last of the uh, uh, James of the 101st Airborne Division is listed as missing in action. Uh, the Chief of Army, George Marshall, orders that Ryan be found and sent home to spare his family the loss of its sons. Miller, the Tom Hanks character, is tasked with recovering Ryan and assembles a detachment of soldiers to accompany him. Question number one. How many men go out on the mission to find Private Ryan, including Tom Hanks's character? How many men go out on the mission to find Private Ryan, including Tom Hanks? A, it's a 12-man squad. B, seven men. C, eight. D, ten. How many people go out looking for Private Ryan? 12-man squad, seven men, eight, or ten? Let's go to X. Well, a squad is typically 12 men. I don't remember. I didn't count them all. But it's a movie, so eight? 
I don't know. Okay. Bill? I would go with eight. Okay. General? I think it's eight. Juan? I got to go with the general. Okay. Jim? Well, thanks a lot, Juan Juan. Either, yeah. either doing well or we're going down in flames. There you go. I'm just, no, correct. I'm that's correct. what I'm, I'm surfing with you, man. I'm on the same board with you. There you go. That's that's Phil the vanilla first. vodka talking, believe me. Jim, please. It's, 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 Ask it's, Phil first. Oh, it's Phil. Eight. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah. Twelve twelve men, seven men, eight men, ten it's, men. It's eight. Yeah. Eight. Okay. Hmm. Go ahead, Jim. I guess I'll, I'm gonna go with eight as well. Okay. We get everyone, huh? We do, and everybody picked the same answer. Ooh, it's B, seven. Seven, including Tom Hanks. No points. Wrong. (laughs) Was that including including Miller or not? Yes, including him, yeah. (laughs) Six guys and him. Wow. Um, Now, this is a question 1A for no points. How many survive? Wait, wait, wait. Are you sure it's seven? I thought thought for a fact it was eight. I don't know. I I counted it today. You counted it? Yep. Oh, they don't trust your counting. Uh-oh. I mean, I read the. I mean, I read the cast list. Frame the shot, and then you counted the people that signed up. No, to, no. To, to do this. He read the cast. Uh, they're saying we're going after who? Question one A. Question one A. How many survive? You know, none, seven, two, or one. None, seven, two, or one. Any guesses? This is in the movie. Correct? Yep. Yep. I guess it's Just two. Guess. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna guess two also. Yeah, it is two. It's two. That's two. But, but I that, say two. Is that a real question or is that just? A, no, that's no, just a yeah. Just, fun fact. So two. Okay, fun we got fact. that right, huh? Got everyone? We yes, we did. Okay, number two. The brutally realistic sequence on Omaha Beach that opens the movie involves up to 1,500 extras, 30 of whom were amputees issued prosthetic arms to play soldiers who had their limbs blown off. Oh, my goodness. The brutality of these scenes in particular was so realistic, many World War II veterans had to leave theaters during the D-Day scene due to PTSD reactions. Mm -hmm. I believe it. It's brutal to watch. It really is. Yeah, I I was tough for me to watch it. Yeah, and that's why I think this, and I have comments on this movie when we get to the end here, but I think it should be required viewing for high school seniors. Do you know what I mean? If you're going to go in, this is what it is, man. This is what it is. If you want to do it, but, you know, it's not like in the comics. Special effects were just amazing. Incredible. Incredible. And yeah, the army was way short on its recruiting goals already. I don't think so. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Very anyway. good point. It, it made the longest day landing scenes uh, yes. seem tame in comparison. Absolutely. Right, right. Yeah, no limbs were blowing apart in that movie. No. Yeah. Uh, okay, the question is, where was this epic sequence shot? Where was it shot? A. Uh, ask me first. I'm first. <laughs> I was well, gonna, you've got to no. get the four answers first. Yeah, I'm going to do the four <laughs> answers, right. <laughs> Phil, Phil, we'll start with you. Uh, oh, Here's the four answers, okay? Balance get, thank you, X, for screwing me up. A bon- Bonesca Cove, Ireland, Hamstruck Beach, Holland, Normandy Beach in France, Manhattan Beach in California. Where was this incredible uh, scene from Saving Private Ryan, the landings on Omaha Beach? Where did they actually shoot it? Was it in Ireland, Holland, Normandy itself, or in California? Please ask Phil first. Phil, please. <laughs> 
Uh, I'll say A, Ireland. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, go ahead, Jim. Oh, goodness. Uh, I'm going to say Manhattan Beach. Okay. Wani. Ireland. General. Ireland. Bill. I think it was California. X. Ireland. Okay, we got everyone? Ireland. Yes, we do. The answer is Ireland. Oh, it is. Okay. It was filmed in, I yeah. can't say this, Bowenesca Cove, Ireland. Many of the extras were members of the Irish Army Reserve. It cost more than $12 million just to film that sequence. Okay, <laughs> almost as much as long as that cost. They got paid a lot. I, I, I was just, just, just going to tie this uh, question with the last one. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry. Uh, this this question was, you, you're right. They, they were Irish Army reservists. Mm -hmm. And okay. the French would not permit filming in Normandy. Yeah, Correct. is that right? Yeah. Correct. yeah. Okay, the third question having to do with Saving Private Ryan. Number three, the vast majority of films are quote-unquote storyboarded before they bring in production. This is a process where nearly every scene in the movie is drawn like a comic strip in chronological order. The storyboard is then matched with the script before filming begins. On Saving Private Ryan, however, Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, the director, chose not to storyboard the movie. Why did he make this highly unusual decision? Okay, you know, they storyboard movies, they match it with the script, and that's basically how they shoot the movie. They want to see most of the scenes visually in front of them before they shoot it. Uh, okay, so why did he not storyboard such an important movie? A, the film was rushed into production and he didn't have time. B, a Hollywood union of artists strike at the time wouldn't allow it. C, he wanted the movie to be ad-libbed and look realistic. D, the storyboard was stolen at Cork Airport in Ireland and never replaced. Okay, A, the film was rushed into production and he didn't have time. B, a Hollywood artist strike at the time wouldn't allow it. C, he wanted the movie to be ad-libbed and look realistic. D, the storyboard was stolen at Cork Airport and never replaced. All right, let's go to, let's go to X on this. X, what do you no say? No idea. What an arcane subject. But what did you say B was? Tell me again. A Hollywood union of artists strike at the time wouldn't allow it. They all sound dumb, but I'll go with that one. <laughs> okay. B. Bill? I'm at least as well-versed as my partner is, but <laughs> I'll go with uh, C to spread there out a little bit. Realism. Okay. See, he wanted the movie to be ad-libbed and look realistic. Okay, General? Uh, yeah, he wanted to be uh, spontaneous. They also, they also shot this thing right in order. A lot of times they shoot scenes back mm -hmm. and forth all the time. You go to this scene, the last scene may get filmed first. Right, sure. They shot this from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so that, that's uh, option C? Yep. It, yep. He's right about that. It, it was... Uh, his intent was uh, uh, filmed in continuity. Mm -hmm. Hey, Jim. I'm going to go with C. Okay. And Phil. I'll also go with C for um, ad lib. Okay. Uh, yeah, the answer is C. 
But, um, you know, I'm going to make my comments on this movie at the end. I think that's – he also filmed it in this um, – uh, where you uh, it, it looks it's not it's not smoothly the 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 film doesn't look smooth it looks a little bit like a newsreel but not yeah you know, that and act, and, ba- yeah band of, band of brothers also did We're, the same way yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, okay is it like like stops it's like almost freeze frames like the 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 bullet hit yeah 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 it's like and the sound that goes with it is just you actually feel it. You sit on the couch, you feel like you're, you're looking yeah. down, you feel like you got shot. Mm. <laughs> okay, like, here we go. Wow. All right, here's, here's the last listen question the of movie, the game. Listen to the movie with headphones. Let's, uh, let's give the scores now because this is the last uh, question. This is the deciding factor. Here we go. Okay, here we go. That's a great movie. Yep. Well, the, 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 some people <laughs> think so. What, what do you think of Steven Spielberg as a director? Now? Let's, let's, yeah, let's we'll uh, get the fourth question. Hold yes. that yes. thought. Here we go. The scores are. Scores are. um, Jim and Phil have 17. The General and Juan have 19. Yes. And Bill and X have 21. Wow. Hmm. Okay. You never know what's going to happen. Let's see. Here we go. Uh, Question four. In this scene, okay, at, um, at the end of the movie, a now elderly Private Ryan is visiting an American military cemetery, remembering the people who died to save him. Mm-hmm. Question four, in this scene, what does the now elderly Private Ryan say to his wife? Okay. Mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. tell me that I'm a good man. B, six guys died so I could live. C, I wish my brothers could be here with me. D, what are we doing in this shitty overrated movie? <laughs> is, that, is that really deep? You heartless bastard. Go ahead, X. <laughs> X. Oh, man. A. What was it? Say it again. Tell me I'm a good man, is A. A. Okay. Bill? Am I always the first? But go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Bill. Go ahead, A. Okay, General. Hey, tell me I'm a good man and lived a good life. Juan. Yeah, I got the same answer there. For, yeah. Phil. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a. Everyone's got Jim. Yeah. A. Yes. Yep, that's the line. Here's my here's it's my the little Canadian answer. Here's my little. Everyone got that. Here's my little take on Steven Spielberg. Then we'll add everything up. I think the movie, like I said, I think the movie should be required. Viewing for everybody, it's because it's such a realistic war movie. You know, they don't, they don't cut any corners. They don't, uh, you know, they don't sugarcoat any of it. But let's face it, and I'm glad we have some veterans here to answer this question. If you get a order from the head of the army, which had to have come from the White House, and you have to find this guy. What do you send seven guys out for him? Why don't you send, you know, 70 tanks out for him? Why don't you, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. If it's so yeah. important, why do you send these guys, you know, and um, on such an important mission? And that whole idea of shooting in a sequence, I get it, you know, but there are just some times in that movie where it's like these guys are on a hike. You know what I mean? They're on a hike and they're talking about what it's like back home and, you know, Sally yeah. Joe is going to marry me. Boy Scouts on the hike. And they're supposed to be very, yep. very deep in enemy territory. 
Um, I think it's a good movie for the reasons I mentioned. I'm not a big Spielberg fan. I know he's very famous, uh, but because I went to film school, it ruined me forever on his <laughs> movies. And, um, I mean, I appreciate the movies that he's made, especially this in Schindler's yep. List. If he never did anything other than those two movies, he's still a great director. But mm-hmm. he's not really a good storyteller. He really isn't. And um, I don't know. That's my um, take on on Spielberg. Well, you're, you're against the concept, the, the whole concept of the movie of sending out the squad. Right. Why wouldn't do, you send the whole 82nd after this like guy? He's a, like he's uh, you know, holed up in a, some village someplace. And they're yeah. knocking on doors and saying, hey, have you seen this guy? Yeah, yeah. sorry. You know, holding yeah. up a picture. Hey, yes, go ahead, guy? please. To go, to go into your uh, your um, comment about them seeing walking across the fields, there mm. is one scene where they have one too many guys walking across the field because yeah, they're, they've already suffered one or two casualties. Mm-hmm. And if you count the guys in the field, there's one too many. It's, it's, oh. it's, that's oh, a, really? conti- that a continuity a, a, problem. A flub? Yeah. yeah, that's a flub. Yep. That's yeah. a flub. And and yeah, and just you know, they're, so they're on this mission, and they and it's 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 highly secret, but very very important. And they come upon like this machine gun nest is just like out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, would you really attack it? You know what I mean? Or would you just kind of? Well, yeah. And and why would you have? This is the one thing that really got me in the movie. Why would you have your medic be part of this attack mm. and get killed as a result? Right. Yeah. You, you need him. Left. Yeah, you, know? you need him. Yeah, and he's it's... there all by himself, coming in, throwing grenades, and they throw him back at him, and boom, he's he's gone minutes later. Yeah, it, mm. it, it it's it's there's a lot of reviews in it. It's it's widely praised, mm. but there's a lot yeah. of kind of negative reviews and called it kind of almost uh, pornographic the way the violence is shown, and especially oh, yeah. in the end yeah. where they're fighting the Germans in the little town, and then someone said the Germans wouldn't be out in the broad daylight like that, moving for the P fifty one to bomb them. And I, I don't right, know. right. Yeah, it, it's, and the planes don't come in until the last possible minute. Right. It, it, you get the impression that this town with the paratroopers in it is completely cut off, which stretches the imagination, you know, considering mm. the fact that it wasn't that far from Omaha Beach. Right. I think we, we, we all of us here probably know a little bit too much, you know what I mean, how the sausage <laughs> yeah, is made. And, and right. Yeah. So anyway. I, 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 would you say that I, that I movie think... is a good film school uh, dissecting Move, uh, exercise. Mm-hmm. But the answer to your question, why they yes. sent seven guys, man? Yes, yes, please. They were all rangers. They were, <laughs> <laughs> they were they rangers? That's a good answer. <laughs> I, I, have, I got two things I want to say about the movie. The first is that when I saw the movie for the first time, I just broke up because my father in World War II was in five invasions. None of them probably as bad as D-Day, because they were in the Mediterranean, Africa, and southern France. But, um, you know, a lot of times this landing ship was was uh, not where it should be, and they mm. were under heavy fire when they landed. Uh, and it just got home to me what mm. he went through mm-hmm. for almost four years mm. uh, uh-huh. on behalf of the country mm. and me, because, you know, I wouldn't be here otherwise. And then the other thing I wanted to say is that as a result of this movie, I had a burning desire to actually see uh, Normandy and especially yes. the Omaha Beach. Mm. And I got that opportunity in 2005 with, a, with an English guide, by the way, which was wonderful. And I walked up that beach and I walked up the cliff. And then it, when you get to the top of the cliff behind it, 
is the American cemetery. Oh. When you stand at the entrance of the cemetery, you know, it's completely quiet. Those white crosses are perfectly aligned in diagonals and rows. And you start to look at the names and the birth and death date on each of these crosses. And almost all of them, there are 19 and 20, maybe some at 21, yes. a few captains are 22. Uh, and they're all dead within like a week of you know, unbelievable. Raised. So it's very poignant experience. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else here has had that opportunity, but it's since we all have a, a, an affinity for military history. All I can say is, if you go, just be prepared for a very strong emotional reaction. Right. Yes, it's like the Vietnam Wall. We went to see the Vietnam Wall this summer, and I I, I knew two people who were on the wall. I knew them. Um. But the emo my emotional reaction was, was I had to sit down. I had to, we had to leave the area, and I just yeah, it was very powerful. So anyway, okay, uh, who won, uh, <laughs> Lois? So the winners. No, are, say the say oh. the lose. I mean the third place first. I'm sorry. <laughs> so um, okay, so here we go. <laughs> go ahead. Jim and Phil came in third place. Wow, I'm surprised. Bronze medal with 19. No, very show. respectable. What? Especially 19 when okay. um, second place had 21. Okay, go ahead. And, and that, that was, was General and um, Juan. Okay. And then Bill and X. Had, are the winners? They are the winners with 23. That's, so the scores are right. so close. That's right. That's good. I know uh, Bill will be gracious in victory. I know um, X will never let me forget this. <laughs> hey, that's Dorchester. There you go. There you go. So, um, uh, so the the prize tonight is a hundred dollars to you two guys. Congratulations! How do you plan to spend the money? It's Giving Tuesday. Got to go to H five. Okay, right to arms, <laughs> right troops. You bet, man. Yeah, good plan. Please, that everyone out there, listen. Today, then. That's, that's great, man. That's great. Just everyone listening, just Google Homestrat Troops. See what they're about. Ninety cents of your uh, dollar goes right to our veterans, and we've seen it firsthand. Uh, it's just great what you guys do. It really is, and th that you do twenty-five homes a year—that's amazing. But that the waiting list is a thousand people. That's that's a hill to climb, man. Yeah, we got a lot of work to do. We've actually got uh, our plan this year on our 2024 is our 20th anniversary. So our plan this year is to build 31 homes. And by the end of September, that'll get us to a total of 400. Wow, that is great. Wow. That is amazing. Wow. It's amazing. And, and uh, Lois and I went down and we saw one of the uh, uh, homes where they gave it to uh, one of our veterans. And it's a nice place. It oh, was beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, really nice. Who are your biggest corporate sponsors? We should throw them some praise to. So our our biggest, and I'll let Bill chime in here too because I've just been talking the whole time. Um, our biggest corporate sponsor and probably most prolific across the country, you get support from them all over the place, is ABC Supply Company. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh. All right. They've ABC been with us for a few years now. And then the, the longest running corporate sponsor that we've had is Texas Roadhouse that has been with us since the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> okay, very, very cool. Good. Very Bill, good. you want to throw some others Kudos out? to them. Yeah. On the uh, building supply side, we have a number of companies that provide high-end products for our homes. Mm -hmm. uh, Certainty is one, provides mm -hmm. roofing, siding, drywall, insulation. 
Whirlpool for appliances. Really? Uh, Shaw Flooring out of Georgia does our, our electrifying plank floors. We put that LVP in because it wears better with wheelchairs than wood does. Sure. Yep. Mm. And uh, uh, Oakcraft uh, Cabinetry out of Phoenix uh, does the cabinetry for us. So it's a combination of, uh, as Tom said, 65% of our revenues, individual donors, fundraisers, and foundations. Mm -hmm. Of 35% is from corporate partners. If uh, folks want to uh, check us out, our website is hfotusa.org, hfotusa.org. And since this is Military X-Files, Hotel Foxtrot Oscar Tango, Uniform Sierra (laughs) Alpha, Dot. Very cool. I'm sure everyone, uh, most of the people understood that, that, what that means. That's that's great, and you've been doing it 20 years, and um, I guess... um, when we say there's a thousand people on the waiting list, doesn't that waiting list just grow all the time, though? Well, for right now, the good news, knock on some wood, we haven't had uh, a bunch of these guys and gals coming back injured recently. Yes. But we we certainly think uh, it's going to grow in the future because we tend to get involved in different things and yep. see different things happen around the world right now that we could be in. Yep, yep. Yeah, fortunately true. That's, I mean, it's right. Unfortunately, Drew is right. I, I, let's just, please, Holmes Red Troops, give them a round of applause. Thank you very much, guys. And thanks, everyone, for joining us tonight. We have a lot of fun hey. doing these things. Let's do it again soon. L- uh, let me thank everyone first. Lois, I'll thank you first. Okay? Oh, you're welcome. It was a pleasure to be here. And that I was learned great. a lot. And you guys are fun. very, very smart. <laughs> okay. And, and thanks for Lois and Mac for setting this up. Well done. Really? Yes. Oh. yes. Oh. I'm thanking, great time, Mac. I'm thanking Lois first because you have to stop the car, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and drive home. i got to go out and warm Brian, it up because it's Where are you cold. eating tonight? <laughs> I mean, we, we, who knows? Home. <laughs> yeah, home. Uh, Bill and General Tom, thanks very much for joining us. You know, we're, we're so happy that we're associated with Holmes Ride Troops. Uh, we mention them every week. A lot of people that listen to us yep. talk about it. So thank you very much. We really yeah. appreciate you joining us. Let's do it again soon sometime. And thank you for what Thanks you do. Thanks for having us. We always appreciate being here. Yeah, thank yeah. you for what you do. It was right. Yeah, I mean, it it is, it it's, turns people's lives around. It and does. It's, it's really makes a difference. Yep, yep. And um, it's privilege. Our veterans don't get as much, um, you know, I hate to say it. But honor. Honor, yeah. uh, uh, you know, as, as they should, but that's another show. Yep. Phil and Jim, thank you. The dynamic oh, duo. My pleasure. My pleasure. pleasure and honor to be here. Okay. Just a minute. Okay, and Phil, we'll see you soon. Okay, down the um, the boathouse. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Great. Phil, uh, Jim, we'll talk to you soon. Can I give you a call tomorrow, yeah. real quick? Absolutely. Okay. Thanks a lot. Okay. At Wani, thank you as always. You're welcome. Always a pleasure. Okay. Happy a- to be here. X, thank you. X. Thanks for having me. Okay. You're going back to drinking your girly beer now. Tell everyone what kind of beer you drink. <laughs> That's how you want to end this, really. I, I yes. It has 2.4% alcohol. Yes. And 55 calories. Okay. And what do you call it? Really? This masculine physical perfection doesn't happen. All <laughs> Can you imagine time. walking into a bar with this guy? Walking into a sports bar, and this is what he ordered? 
Well, he has to maintain that figure as a male model. Well, I do recall yeah, saying that was his second career. He's losing it? that battle like the Germans lost at Normandy, frankly. Well, he's, he's doing a lot more walking since the subways aren't running very well. <laughs> All right, on that note. He can walk faster than the subways. On that All note. All right, guys. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We appreciate it. We say at the end of every show, remember, John McCain was not a loser. Okay? And this is right, Mac Maloney. Sure. For the, for the entire gang saying to you, hear us next time. Be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. And now, please stay tuned for a bonus segment of Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show.
understand here, make my own decision. I'm gonna listen to the rhythm of my heart. Sometimes I'm nothing at all. You're always there when I call. You always catch me whenever I. Can you hear? 